Got so many strongest soldiers, so it's never over Even if you need someone to hold you to keep your composure Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus You were meant for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it Know you questioned life a couple times, but it's okay you growing Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay you on it Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes All you ever do is smile cause they make you worth it Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it Welcome to One Sick B. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive. We don't whine, we whine. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that fights through or faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Today, I'm blessed with a guest, a beautiful African-American queen. She has been battling and fighting multiple sclerosis. I would like to welcome Miss J. How are you today, Miss J? Hello, hello, hello. I'm struggling today, like, but I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, you know yes. how it is with us, right? Like every single day is something, but we push through. So yes. I'll just say yes. I'm good. What about yourself? Today is a day just like you. I am pushing through because uh, I meet you. That's the reason why. Um, I'm definitely wanting to interview is because we don't allow uh, our circumstances to defeat mm -hmm. us. You know, we always fight through our circumstances. So I'm with you on that one. But how have you been during COVID? Not to mention outside the fact that we're going to get into that she was diagnosed during COVID. How have you been mentally, physically, uh, your vibe of COVID? It's not over yet. You know, we're still in going through it, but how have you right. uh, handled it? So like, I think my main, uh, one of my main things with uh, COVID is that it was just the anxiety and the fear, you know what I mean? Understanding that I got this condition and this condition in itself is already unpredictable, right? And then we're talking about a virus that it seemed like it was absolutely unpredictable. Like every single time you get one news story, you would get another one, you know, like, and it was consistently, it's still like, it has, it's just developed in so many different variations, like all these yeah. different things. Um, and so it's just like, it's just been anxiety ridden. I will say that some of the anxiety for me decreased when they, you know, came up with the vaccination. Um, when they had the vaccine, I was reluctant in the beginning because you know I'm black, right? Like definitely, you know, yeah. Right. You started thinking it's a CD experiment and all type yeah. of stuff from the. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but maybe that's where my mind. That's like, where my mind went. That's exactly where my mind went too. That's exactly where my mind went too, and so I was like, nah, I'm not. You know, I'm not really messing with it. Make I'm not gonna be in the first batch for sure. That's why I was like, I might get it, but I'm not gonna be the first ones to get it. Like I'm gonna see how this like. Has see if they turn into frogs first and then I'll decide. <laughs> then I'll decide. Then I'll decide. Um, but I was talking to my dad. My dad is like 67. I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, he and he's also hypochondriac though, but he's like, yeah, he's like, I, you know, I, I got it. He's like, I think you should definitely get it. Um, and like I think so, I think at like around February 2021. Uh, when they came out with it is when I got it. So I went ahead and got it and I got the booster after that, just because like, I like to like, stay I proactive. My life. Yeah. 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 Stay proactive. I, yeah. I like to get out and about and yeah. 
inter intermingle you know I know how to be an introvert when it's my time to be an introvert but when I want to be an extrovert I want to be an extrovert on my time on my time exactly like like you know what I mean like I don't want to I don't want to fall victim to this so yeah. at the same time respecting that it you know just the the toll that it's taken on our country like with the death rates and things like that and how it seemed as if it was being excused as, oh, only people with pre-existing conditions are the ones that are dying from it. And it's like, okay, so what the hell are y'all saying? Like my life is not worthy of being here on this planet. Exactly. It's not worth being protected because only those, you know what I mean? Like everybody, yeah. not typical people. Yeah, not typical. Yeah. So, and I mean, and so that was frustrating, um, but I don't know I'm just trying to trying to learn how to work through it even still to this day like I still like I think like people will go on my page and they're like but you're traveling and it's like yeah because like that's that's my solace you know what I mean like I, I need that for me like that's one of the ways that I cope and so to try to reach like homeostasis and so I was like I got the vaccine so I can continue to travel but I was kind of traveling without it too mm-hmm. um but still like taking all the uh, precautions, precautions protections and things like that but yeah, I, that's it's it's just been it's it's been so ongoing, unpredictable, anxious, like a lot of anxiety. But um, I would say the vaccine has definitely helped with that for sure. I agree. For me too, I kind of got a little bit more comfortable and was uh, I actually didn't travel because I had lost a family member to COVID. So I was like, eh, I don't, you know, I'm just going to lay low. And uh, and then I'm like, when I got the vaccine, I was like, you know what? But God, you know, Jesus, I believe that you got my back. So I'm going to go ahead and fly. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, wear my mask, make sure I get tested from leaving from yeah. where I, when I leave, when I come back. So I don't uh, get uh, my spouse or my children sick, you know, so I definitely agree. So Miss J, um, you were diagnosed during COVID. Um, let's get into when you, when you were diagnosed, uh, before when you before you got diagnosed if you had symptoms that resembled ms or if you noticed anything yeah that just was off yeah i would say like um so in december like it was probably even november but for sure december of 2019 i started having like this pain in my left eye um and it went from you know pain to then being like really cloudy and i couldn't really see out of it um but like, I don't know if this is everyone, but for me, I was just like, I, you know, I'll let it pass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let this pass. Like, maybe it's nothing serious, especially like, because I hadn't had any previous rural health issues. And so like, I was like, this is not, you know, it's not a big deal, like whatever. Um, but we had got on a plane, we go to uh, Miami every year during Christmas. And so we had caught this plane went to Miami and when we landed I think the air pressure had just exacerbated it so it was like really really painful and that was on Christmas either Christmas Eve or Christmas no I think it was on Christmas day we got there um because my my daughter's birthday is like on Christmas Eve my stepdaughter's birthday is on Christmas Eve and so we got there as soon as we landed I'm like bro I gotta get checked out like I this is it's it's really bad and so we ended up going to the emergency room I passed the eye test like the seeing test whatever like with flying colors they were like ah we don't know like why this is the case um and so they were like there's a 24-hour ophthalmologist that you can go to and it was I was like nah I really don't want to do all that like I just so I didn't 
I didn't uh, address it. But when I got home, I had a new physician. That was my first time ever seeing her was in January of 2020, um, either January or February. But I seen her. And when I seen her, I let her know like, hey, I'm having this eye pain. So I need a referral to ophthalmologist. Um, and so she referred me there. Um, and then when we came back to review the results of that referral, it was like three weeks later. So I think it was like around February. Um, this is February 2020. And so uh, when I came back to her to review the results of the ophthalmology report, I had numbness from the waist down. And I was like, hey, this has been going on off and on. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it intensifies, but wait a minute, it is. You still you had numbness from the waist down and you were still working and still getting up and doing everything that you're supposed to do correct yeah yeah because what do what are the other options you know what I mean like I never have given Please. myself any other option and I don't know if that's ableism or what but like I just still to this day like I still I don't believe I've given myself any other options besides like to press forward no matter what that looks like that's what's going to continue to persist like I'm going to continue to persist right like so even if it is i can't move and i am completely paralyzed from the waist down like i'm still going to continue to persist like there's going to be something within me that is going to allow me to enjoy my life there's something that i can find within myself to yes, uh, be able to get strength from you know what i mean and and i believe yeah. in god right so and i know that's my source and so that's where my strength and my help come from and so it's like also relying on god a lot but i want to yes. say too that like during that time i don't even know if i i think i was praising god because like a lot of stuff was going on and i feel yes. like it was good so i was praising god but at the same time yeah. like, i wasn't asking god like hey what is this protect me from this or heal me from this that's yes. never been and still and that's probably something deeper but it still hasn't been my request. It hasn't been my prayer. Um, I think I probably should. Yeah, that's a whole another conversation. But um, but yeah, so, so like you can handle where you're at and you yeah. know that he's your strength. So regardless of whatever burden he gives you, you'll be able to get sure. through it because you know who to lean on and who has your heart at all times. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with you saying that you didn't ask for it to be healed because you just asked God to help you through your circumstance. That's it. Like, just give me. And that's but I think that's too. That's the normalcy within me is like, that's been my consistent prayer. It's like, I know that if you're giving it to me, there's a reason why you're giving it to me to bear. And apparently I yeah. can't bear it. Right. Like, because you yeah. wouldn't give me give it to me unless I could yeah. bear it. So I can bear yeah. it um so like uh what's the I think there's like a, a scripture where it's like my um my burden may be heavy but my yoke is light or something yeah. like that right so it's like I know that like you're right there with me and I know mm -hmm. that you may I may have a heavy load but you're right yeah. there with me so if I cannot yeah. any longer carry it that's where you come in at right mm -hmm. like that's what I trust yeah. Um, my favorite, my favorite pastor, he would say, uh, he was like, you do what you can do and you allow God to do what you can. And so yes. that's always been programmed within me yes. to like try to try to continue in that way. Um, but she, so after I came to this doctor waist down, whatever, and she was good, like she was a good doctor. So, or maybe I just wasn't like super depressed yet. So I was, <laughs> I was like more friendly with her. And I remember that, like, I remember just having like this banter with her and being like, yeah, like, I don't know what this is and blah, blah, blah. And it's doing my, like, like all these different tests. And so she said, I'm gonna send you for an MRI. And so um, she didn't let me know, or maybe she did, and I didn't uh, like uh, hear it or something, but she was like, I'm gonna send you for an MRI. So I went for an MRI in March. 
Um, this is just when this uh, pandemic is kicking off, right? So I yeah. went to MRI in March. Um, I got the MRI done. And then she contacted me like maybe a week later or some days later. And she was like, hey, like this is as I suspected. I suspect that you have MS. And MRI is showing that you have lesions on your brain, which is an indicator for MS yeah. um, for multiple sclerosis. And I didn't know what that was. I had never heard of it before, right? Like what the hell? Like, I'll be honest with you. So I thought multiple sclerosis was a thing that Superman had died from. I'm so serious. Oh, that okay. I was convinced of for the next eight okay. months. I didn't do any research. I was just convinced that is what that, that was. Yeah. That was it. And that was about to be my life. Oh right? man. Um, and so that was that was my thinking. That was my thinking. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like I'm I'm looking at being paralyzed. I'm looking at being um completely immobile and not being able to speak. Like this is this is what was on my mind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I thought because I didn't research it. Um until some months later, right? Some months later I had researched it because I think I was talking to my dad and I was like, you know, that's the same thing Superman died from. He was like, No, it's not. I can see, I can see somebody like, wait a minute, do you know what you got? Cause that is not what Superman died from, baby. No, no, no. You've been thinking that the whole time. You've been hurting yourself the whole time. You've been overworking your brain the whole time. Oh, that's why when you said that, I'm like, oh, poor baby. Because, <laughs> you, because that, that is so extreme, you yeah, know, for you to yeah. not go in. And, and because we have an automatic fear or, or a, a fear or automatic picture or image of what this means and you don't want to look into it because you don't want to find out if that's right or if it's wrong or if it's something worse like much yeah oh yeah you were carrying a real heavy burden yeah you just take you just take what you've given and you don't do any further research because further research probably is going to break your heart and break your spirit and that was my thing right like I'm, i'm just like in this full avoidance state um but she she let me know she was like it could she was like I can't she was like I can't diagnose you she was like it has to be a neurologist has a neurologist yeah. contacted you and I was like no one's contacted me but, but you and so she was like okay so I'm gonna make sure that I get this you know in the system so that we can have a neurologist to contact you to go over these scans with you right because I'm not a neurologist um so I want to say a couple months went by or a few months went by and then that's when I had done research on it right because my I I think I had gotten to a point to where the pandemic was full blown, right? Pandemic was full blown. My anxiety was heightened because of that. Um, We were in a Trump presidency. You know what I mean? It was just like so much that was coming at us. So much was coming at us all at once. Like, and it was just so bad. It was just so bad. Heavy, heavy, every, in every direction, you, you know, everything, everything. You turning on the news for this, you turning on the news for that. And you see this, you see that. It was, it was constant. It was like nonstop, right? And so then you got to think about your nervous system too. And with this disease, that's that's the thing that's impacted, right? Is our nervous system. And so you got to think about your nervous system being overstimulated and then it gets it gets comes to be dysregulated because of all the uh, stimulation that's coming. And so then you got this disease that is exacerbated by stress, right? It worsens with stress. It worsens with like you not, your nervous system not being able to cope with every single thing that's going on and coming at you. So, 
for me, then it was like, okay, I need to go in research mode. I actually need to know what I'm facing. Like I need to know what I'm facing. And so then I began to do research and I seen like some of the symptoms and things like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, then I definitely got it because she's telling me she couldn't give me the official diagnosis. It had to come from a neurologist, but the neurologists were kind of taking their sweet time. Like they took a while to get back to me. So by that time, like I'm already doing my own research to try to educate myself on it. And thank God that I did because um, I want to say, so that was like, uh, we got the, the MRI in March, March, April, May, June. June is when my neurology, uh, first neurology appointment was in June. And we're going over the results. He look, He's looking at my scan and he has me do these walks. Like, let me see you walk. This is all the video. You know what I mean? Like, this is all yeah. the video. And he's oh, like, oh, 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 yes. oh, yes. oh, yes. So he's oh, watching via from Zoom. Yeah. Via Zoom appointment via Zoom. because of COVID. Yes, because of COVID. And so wow. he's like, let me see your walk. And um, and he, uh, I had already looked up all the symptoms. I had all the symptoms from the incontinence, like, you know, wetting myself from yes. uh, the instability. And at that time, like I could no longer really, I couldn't walk without assistance. Like it had gotten that bad to where it was like, it was being, it was progressing in a sense to me, it was um, because I couldn't walk without any assistance. And so, yeah. um, and then when I did, I was kind of like, you know, uh-huh. doing that whole yeah, I, I zigzag, I yeah. zigzag. I, I say, if I get pulled over drunk driving, like they finna take me to jail anyway, because I walk like that on a regular basis. Yeah. This is, this is just, this is just the way that it is. Right. Um, but yeah, but the, but the homie, the neurologist was like, nah, you get headaches. This is, this is just about migraine. He was like, and those lesions on your skin, that's just about my friends too. It's not, it's not, it's not MS. MS is serious. I don't think you have MS. You don't look like you have MS. He literally said that to me. And I was like, okay, but I also have these symptoms, right? I also have all of these symptoms that align with MS. And he was like, well, we won't be able to really tell unless we were to get you to have a lumbar puncture, like a spinal tap. And he's right. like, and those are hard to get. Right. He's like, because I don't really feel like you need it. And I'm like, you know what, sir? I was like, I don't feel like you're the appropriate doctor, doctor for me because Hello. you are steadily telling me what I don't need and what and I, I don't look. have, but you're not really trying to get to the bottom of what it is. Right. I was like, so if it is the spinal tap that I need, then I need you to order that. And he was like, well, you know, they, they need they need justifiable reason. I said, I have lesions on my brain scan. You said that lesions on the brain scans are one indicator. Also had the uh, optic neuritis. That's another one. But you're not trying to count that in because you say that I get migraines. I was like, so I'm going to end this call now. And I did. And I called his, I called his department. I was like, I don't know what other neurologist y'all got in that department, but you got to give me somebody else other than him. It just, it just is what it is. Like, I need somebody right. else other than him. Exactly. Um, I love that you can advocate for yourself yeah. in that moment in strength and uh, being duly diagnosed because there are many of people who would have took what he said with a grain of salt with that little small hope or just the, with that type of treatment and would have kept on yeah. going past that. Yeah. And it would have got, and it would have progressed, right? It would have got worse. Yes. I wouldn't have been looking yes. at treatments. I wouldn't have been doing anything to, to make myself well, to yes. try to heal myself. You know what I mean? To try to limit yes. stress and all that other kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have been doing that because I would have thought I'm good, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think like two weeks later after him, another neurologist called that neurologist, like, it was like, I was straight up with him. I was like, listen, this is what I suspect that I have. This is what my uh, physician has told me she suspects that I have. This is the research that I've done about this. This is what I know about this. Tell me something I don't know, because that's why they hired you. So tell me something I don't know. 
And so, and he, you know, he went over it. He was like, yeah, I'm going to order you this lumbar puncture. Thank you. Because the other one had a problem with it. I was like, he's trash. Just so you know, if he's your colleague, he's trash. I was like, he doesn't need to be practicing because he's trash. And so, and so the anger, the anger, I want to say probably the anger begin then. Yeah, of course. Because you're fighting for, you fighting for completion of being that. No, yeah. you don't want the diagnosis, but yes, you want to know what it is so you what can figure out how to go after it and handle it. That's right. That's right. But you didn't, but they were denying me of that. But he, so he scheduled the lumbar puncture. First one that I had was like at the end of June. Um, and it was horrible, right? Like I had, I was fully clothed. Like there was no, take your clothes off, put a gown on. There was none of that. It was like, lift your shirt up, put the alcohol pad on there, put this big ass needle in your back. And I'm going to feel with my hand on your back to see if I can touch any fluid. So then I'll know where to go. So then I'll know where to go and put the needle at. And I'm like, I didn't even know, really. I really hadn't digested what a spinal tap was. Trick, you got a needle by my spine. So if this doesn't paralyze me, if this disease doesn't paralyze me, you are like you are. And so she tried like three times, like she, and it's hurting, like it's painful. No. And she's like, um, she's like, well, I was like, look, like this needs to stop. And she was like, well, if you, you reject it, I'm going to put it in the notes that you're rejecting it. I was like, I'm rejecting you. I'm not the rejecting the procedure. Let's, let's, let's make it clear. You. Let's make it clear. Like, like, you. Yeah. I was like, you, you don't seem like, you know what you're doing. I'm rejecting you. And so she put in the notes, I put my clothes on and left out. Like who the hell does it after a lumbar puncture, right? No, no anesthetics, nothing. Um, so then <laughs> I had another, right? I think what I had, the first one was in mid-June and then the last one, the second one was at the end of June or whatever. Um, and so I had this, I had the, another one and that one, they guided it with contrast, like they gave me the anesthesia, like local anesthesia, like right. it was in a hospital, like, you know what I mean? They had staff. It was just more professional. Oh, um, yeah. It was just better. Like I stayed in a hospital bed. I had a yes. hospital gown on. Yeah, because you, know, like, you should have not been in a t-shirt with your germs from right? that you from outside while I'm yes. trying to sanitize you. Yes, yes. So it was just, it was, it was ridiculous, but I got it done. Right. So I got that done. Um, probably like it was either the end of June or the very, very beginning of July, because on July 4th, yeah, it was, it was on July 2nd or 3rd by July 4th. I was in the emergency room because I had leakage from the spinal tap where the fluid heard of that went to my brain is no longer going to my brain. Right. So like everything is locked up on the 4th of July, like it's horrible. So I'm in the emergency room. It's COVID. So they're not allowing my spouse to come in with me. Right. It's just me. And I get in there. They don't even have beds. They didn't even have beds. And I'm like, I can't sit in the chair. I got to lay down flat because of the pain that I'm going through. And they were treating me as if I was med seeking, like literally, like you cannot see the doctor until you take this P test. And I was like, are you going to help me up? Like I was snapping. I was, I was upset. So I was snapping. I was in pain or whatever. The doctor finally came and got me and said, you just had a spinal tap, right? Yes, I did. All right. So this means that I need to go in there and patch this up with your blood. Like he explained this to me really quick, got me into the room and started doing the procedure. Um, and I had a black nurse. I mean, I thank God for that. I thank God I had a black nurse because that nurse, uh, she was there with the doctor, you know, making sure that he was covering me doing right. what he was supposed to do. But another nurse came in the door while I was getting this procedure done saying, oh no, but we need a, we need a sample from her. That nurse said, y'all see that she's in the middle of a procedure. 
So why would you need a sample for her from her? Like I'm gonna need you to shut the door. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. Like thank God. Like thank God. Like thank God because it's you know how exhausting it is. Yeah. Continuously advocate for yourself and for your yes. life, for your health, for yes. for and from people who are studied, from people who are paid to do this. Like you are paid to give me care. So why am I having to fight you for the care that you are paid and mandated by law to do? Like and you're you, supposed you to, to. You took an oath. You took an oath, right? And so that's what, like, so yeah. So, but the guy did it. Nurse covered me. Like, you know what I mean? Like we were good. The patch was done. Felt immediately better. I was good. Like I was done. Like that. That was all that I needed. Um. So I don't know. Like I don't know why. But then I couldn't meet with the neurologist. The new neurologist. Um. Again, to go over the spinal tap results until November. And so I think it maybe was a schedule. It could have been due to COVID, whatever it was. But I had to wait all that time. You know, like almost well, just about like six months. That was it was. And so um, I met with him, and then that's when he gave me the official diagnosis. He was like, "Yeah, you do have lesions on your spine. You have lesions on your brain as well. So that would indicate that you do have multiple sclerosis." Um, and so then, you know, like then it was like a relief. Like, okay, so I do have this. You know, like I do have this, and breathe. Like I do have this and breathe, um, but I want to say in, I think in that same year, at that same time, I think I went on a trip. I think I went on a trip like in October, like in yeah. October, I went to Haiti, like I you went to Haiti, it. that's where my, you know, that's where my husband is from. And so before I even received the diagnosis, I think we had went to Haiti. And so it was more so like focusing on what I needed as far as making sure that uh, the COVID rates and stuff like that was down right. there and right. like those protections and at that time like they didn't really have any cases so it was like oh this is a safe trip like let's go and I so and, and I went and I was good like I know it was yeah. like probably one of the best times that I've had with my family so it was really good but um but yeah like I just it's just a fight like having to do that like having to fight like that for your having people. to advocate for yourself and clearly we no, you expressed, uh, well, may, uh, let me not uh, put my words into your mouth, but it seems as if you felt as though you might have been kind of overlooked because you were a minority and oh, yeah. uh, the, oh, yeah. the assumption and the role of a doctor, a physician saying, oh, you don't look like it, maybe because yeah. of how we carry ourselves. We have a certain type of swag, a certain type of, we hold our head up high and we've been through tougher situations. Exactly. So, um, or maybe they felt as though you were supposed to walk in there, your hair was supposed to be sticking up. Then they would have said you're a drug addict right. or you couldn't, right. and they already treated you like one because yep. they seen that you had to be on the floor and they came at in you pain. like that so yeah she's you know she's, she's med seeking yeah she just wants yeah. some prescription meds and I'm like bro like yeah it was it was yeah yeah I, I agree with you though I think that it was I do I think that due to you know medical disparities in which you know people of color face in the medical system I you know when I look at I think about you know the black maternal uh death rate right like maternity like black women get birth 70 percent they have a 70% chance of dying to yes. what, you know, to, to any other person to that's to a yes. Latina, that's it to yes. a white person, 70%. I have a 70% chance of dying, giving birth. Why is that? Because you don't believe that I'm in pain. 
You know what I mean? So and, it, and so it continues over to here too, because so, we think about the studies that have been done on Black people from generations, right? Like the 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 statue that was posted in New York of that doctor who was doing all these studies on Black women saying that they could tolerate more pain than other yeah. people could, right? Yeah. And he was he was like immortalized, right? They put up yeah. this monument of him. Like I can't believe he was so great. He did this. He killed us. He killed us, and you guys are consenting to us killing him, killing us, and you are honoring somebody who killed us. You know, and that just continues to perpetuate this, uh, just this idea that they continue to treat us this way. I mean, I'm just being real. Like, I love it. I um, I know who I was coming after when I was interviewing. I had told you when I interviewed you uh, that I, I mean, when I uh, shot my shot to interview you that I felt like you were articulate, you were educated, and you were gonna reach and touch on topics on your own. And I'm, this is, I love the my platform. It's me and it's authentically the person who I'm interviewing. So you being authentically who you are and what you're strong and you're passionate about, I just sit back while we're watching and shake my head and smile because I feel like I chose somebody who is great. You you are strong for you to be able to stand up and defend yourself in a moment of uh, pain and weakness, but you still had that strength to be like, hey, no, you're going to check this out. And the last doctor, you're not, you're not good for me. You're not healthy for me. It's your job for you guys to know that my insurance or my insurance yes. and medical care is paying for my yes. care. And so I get to the best care that I want to get and I'm going to receive it. So I'm going to need you to apply it. And then when you got who you got, you told them, hey, this is A, B, and C. I've already did yes. the research. I'm not yes. going to accept nothing less than what I need. And so I'm asking for you to give it and for him to understand is a blessing. So I'm just sending back through the interview and just amazed and uh, and loving your energy, your vibe of how you care for yourself and how you know statistics and rates about other things that help encourage our community. You are encouraging of our community and I love that about you. So let's get into, uh, you, you gave me a lot. So I want to know where does this, of course it's you, but where does this, this ammunition, where do you get your, excuse my articulation, where do you get oh, this good. ammunition, good. This, this fire, this, this rolling uh, thunder for, to, for our community to better us and this fire and education uh, to educate yourself about it. Where do you get that, that, where's that fire come from? Because we are called spoonies because we only have so many spoons a day, right? Yeah. And we're assumed to be weak, but I feel like our community is very strong because the we strongest. go through things that nobody else, exactly, that nobody else goes through. Right. So where does Miss J get this fire, this this beautiful resilience from? Yeah, I think, I think like number one, like God, right? Like that's first of all, that's God. Yes. Because I think that like I couldn't, I can't discredit God in my life and the power that God's had over my life because I know that I would not be here, right? If there was not something higher than me looking over me because I haven't always known how to advocate for myself or I haven't always done it. Even if I did, no, I didn't do it, right? Um, but I think like, so I come from Alabama, right I'm hello from, the from south the state. i yeah. love it yeah i'm from yeah. alabama right so i learned in alabama how to not be racially sensitive 
because if you this is this is this real thing of white fragility there like as a, as everywhere we're, we're seeing right as everywhere it's like if we touch on the topics of race they automatically i'm not racist i can't believe you calling me racist and and, da, 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 da. and it's like but your actions are you know what I mean? Like your actions are, and you're continually perpetuating these same things that have already occurred to us. You're putting us in systems that don't benefit us. But anyway, Alabama. So Alabama bred me, raised and bred in Alabama. Um, and my, like my parents, my mom and my dad, like they were married um, up until I was like 18 um, or 19 or something like that. But they, I think like they, like we grew up in poverty. Right. We, we did. We did. We grew up in poverty. But and they were addicted to drugs, like both of them were addicted to drugs for majority of my life. <clears throat> but like on the other side of that was my dad who presented himself as like, I'm a go getter. Right. If something needs to be done, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. Um, or my mom being like, you're not going to tell me that I'm less than, you're not going to treat me like I'm less than. And then those material, like teaching me that people will judge you on the surface before they get to know you. And so yeah. how you how you appear on the surface is always you want to put your best foot forward. You know what I mean? Because that's how people are going to treat you. And I've done this. Like I've studied this on myself, like going to the airport without any makeup on looking crazy and how people treat me versus going to the airport makeup on. And you know what I mean? Looking presentable, how they treat together so yeah yeah so like I know that that's a real thing but just having this sense of like no matter what comes at me or what nobody says about me or even to me like that that somebody else's opinion of me doesn't have to become a reality for me right that's those are their thoughts about me those are that's how they feel but I gotta look out for me I gotta know me and I gotta look out for me I gotta know what's best for me and I gotta continue to walk in the path of what's best for me, even if other people are not on that path with me. Um, and so I left them. I actually ran away from home when I was 16 because they were like heavily addicted. And um, like, that's where I learned to become self-reliant. So it was like, if I needed something to get done that I, I had to learn how to do it myself, right? Because I can't, I couldn't depend on them. I couldn't depend on too many other family members or anything like that. Um, so I had to learn how to do it myself. I had like, I couldn't take, my, my siblings taught me um, that I couldn't trust their word. You know what I mean? Cause they were like, it is something so simple, but like I was in the fourth grade doing a, studying for a test and they told me that the answer was this when I was like no nah, the answer is this and they were like nope the answer is this and I went and took the test and I got the answer wrong because I, I trusted their viewpoint I trusted what they told me and after that I was like I don't trust nothing y'all say like, like I gotta trust y'all and, and I'm gonna go by what I what I think is right like I'm gonna go by my own stance the feeling your vibe for me you know what I mean your own like, intuition you knew what intuition was at yeah. a very young child before you knew the definition or the word of intuition yeah. And, and, and intuition as well as like resiliency, you know what I mean? Like knowing like, cause like growing up, it wasn't until I was out of the situation that I could really look back at the situation and see like, that shit was traumatic. Like that is traumatizing. Like the things that we went through, like that you go cold, through, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, when you sit back and you look back water in the microwave, you know what I mean? Like that's traumatic. Like, you know, like thinking about stuff, like not knowing where your next meal is coming from. And I was, I've always been obese, right? I've always been really, really heavy set because I would overeat in the fear of not being able to eat later. 
right? Okay. So when I had food, I would eat it. And so that continued though, that, right? You keep doing it for so long, that becomes a habit. And so like, I was really, really heavy set. Um, and I had to realize where that came from, like why I was doing the things that I was doing. Or like right now as an adult, like I buy clothes. I buy, like I've, I've stopped for the past couple of years. Like I don't do it as much, but like I was buying clothes continuously and I would have clothes that I had 15 years ago and I still would have them. And it's like, why? It's like, I come from poverty where I had to wear the same outfit right so you was gonna make sure when you got right. it you got it together i'm gonna wear it and i'm gonna be fly every you day on the side of you, you might, i might switch outfits for the for the evening for the afternoon just because i need to know that i have those options that i may not have had way before when i was younger when i wanted to right there ain't nothing wrong with uh thriving past where you come from that's it that's it and that's what but that's where that resiliency came from so knowing that i had to look out for number one which was me Right. Knowing that like God, like I, when I was younger, I began to develop a, a relationship with God. Even then, like I remember like one of the first books that I read was the Bible. Right. It was like one of the first books that I really read and began to understand was the Bible. Like I had like this little children's Bible um, with a little girl in there, little praying girl. Like yeah. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> but, um, Precious um, Moments Bible. I think that, yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Precious yeah, Moments Bible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I told you, I got you. <laughs> so yeah, so now I remember reading the Bible and going to like all these vacation Bible schools because I'm from the South. So there's a church on every single corner. There's a liquor store and a church on every single corner. You know what I mean? So all my summers were uh, pretty much inundated by vacation Bible schools at all these different churches. Um, yeah. So it was, but it was beneficial for me because I'm learning about who created me. And that's the thing is like, you can't tell me who I am because you didn't make me. You can't tell me how I function because you didn't make me. So it's the same thing with a car. Like if I want to know about how the car is supposed to run and, and where the parts go and all the other kind of stuff, I'm going to look at the manual, right? I'm going I'm to I'm research and I'm going to go to whoever built that car. That, those are the parts I'm trying to put in it. So it's like, if you didn't make me, then why would I take your parts and try to put them in it? right? Those are not, that's the word right there. Like those are not, no, no, no. That's a word right there for somebody, anybody. That's a word. That's a word. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just that, like you can't everything, everything ain't for you. You know how people, you know, people will say like, I'm not for you by you. And I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I'm not for everybody. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. that. I'm okay with that. I I believe that's what I said to you when Mm -hmm. I, like, I know who I am and I'm actually comfortable because I've battled so with not disliking the person that I am to fit whatever appearances for anybody else. And once I stepped into who I was, I was like, shut up. I like me. Yeah. And this is me. Dope as hell. Thank you. You Thank see, you. Like, like, in that, like, that, that's so beautiful and it's powerful. Like those that kind of like follow along in the crowd, trying to be like this prescribed way that they feel like everybody else is, you know, doing and, and going where everybody else is going. They're going off a cliff and going with them, right? Like you got to have a mind of your own, right? You got to have a mind of your own to be able to like notice and identify like where they're going is not in the same direction that I'm heading. And that is okay. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, that is okay. Like, it doesn't have to be in the same direction that they're going because where they're going is not meant for you. That's mm-hmm. their path. It's not my journey. That's, it's, it's not, not my journey. It's not mine. Like, it's not, it's not meant for you. So it's just like having to hold on to that though. You know what I mean? Like really having to grasp and hold on to that because I still struggle. I still struggle. Like We're human. Yeah. Yeah. I still struggle. And even having too much of anything, you can have too much of a good thing. It can be bad for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like water, I mean, water. I mean, that's what, uh, that's what, um, I was going to say, you can indulge in anything and it can be, uh, uh what is the gluttony? Uh, no yeah. gluttony yeah. is for yeah. eating, yeah. but, uh, anything, basically any overthink, anything yeah. indulging more that you overindulge in. Yeah. It is that that's a sin. I, I, how about I, people, and I have at one time have loved something so much more and wanted to research so much more and know so much more about this person than I was even reaching for my father, mm-hmm. my God. Who, so I think that's something that people don't talk about either. Sometimes you love something, so you don't realize that that is your, that's what I'm overindulging in. I'm always making sure this is, this is that, this is that, but wait a minute, mm-hmm. how do I want search you and know the crevice of you more than I know God. And God is the one who's given me my strength, my healing, my love, my forgiveness at the end of the day. And he loves me regardless if I don't do this, or I don't do that. So why don't I start searching for what my father wants? This is your interview. My apology. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Because that's how we lose direction, right? Yes. We lose direction when we start like just just with that was good. That's good. When you start paying more attention to what other people want from you than what your creator, what your source wants for you and from you is it's it's a disease. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's not going to benefit you. It's Mm -hmm. not. It's just not. It's not going to benefit you. Right. Like we saying too much of anything, too much, yeah. of even too much of anything is not a good thing. Right. Yeah. So and, water, and, and I mean, that's the definition of insanity is to keep on yeah. doing the same thing it over and over and expecting different results. Right. Yep. 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 That's it. That's it. Like you got to change something. You got to do something different. You have to. You have to. If that way didn't work for them. It, it, it probably won't work for you if you do it the same exact way in which they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it's just about like evaluating that and assessing that and then trying to find your own way. And it's not necessarily easy. Right. But I've been doing it for so long. I've been doing this for so long, like journeying and finding my way and being, uh, I guess, like being self-reliant, which like I'm saying, is not that positive especially when it comes to relationships because if you're always depending on yourself and not other people then it makes yeah, sense. you like, supposed to your always, relationship with me. You know, have you supposed to have an open hand instead of a closed fist so you're able to receive stuff That's but sometimes right. we go through things in our life and it tends us to for us to keep our stuff closed not to be yep. stingy but to protect whatever we do have because without right. we're not gonna let or not allow Mm-hmm. And that's fear. You know what I mean? That's that's just fear, right? Like putting up those walls is this whole thing about protection. Like I'm thinking that I'm putting up this wall. I think that I'm relying on me more than relying on you out of fear that you would not be able to achieve what it is that I can achieve for myself. So that fear is going to keep me pushing you away and just relying on me. But if I do that, like enough with people, I then do that with God as well. Because that's who, like, God loves people. These are his people. He created them as well. Just like he created me, created them. So how I treat people is a reflection of how I treat God. 
And so like, I have to like, so I'm learning, I'm learning that. I'm learning, yeah. I'm learning to like put- Every day, every day. And we're going to take two steps back from, you know, you might step into your old self, like, hold on, wait a minute. First of all, oh, yeah. wait, 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 hold on. I didn't grew, I know Jesus, hold on, wait one minute. But we're naturally human. And I think that uh, me, myself, I tend to have to tell myself and I, my friends tell me, they're like, you know, you're not a machine, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not a machine. Mm-hmm. You sure I'm not a machine? Like I'm, you know, and, but we're not, we're, we're not a machine. We're human. So we fall short too. So what advice do you give to somebody who has not found their voice, mm-hmm. doesn't have that voice or has not, because it's truly some people out there have not had to go through anything. And this is the first big thing that they've ever had to go through. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to somebody in those shapes and forms? And, you know, you never really, I think I will say that I do, I honestly do believe that our, our traumas vary. They all vary, right, greatly. But I, I honestly, in my heart of heart, believe that every single person that I encounter has faced some sort of trauma. Yeah, so it could be like a car wreck. That could be parents divorce. That could be uh, yeah. riding my bike once when I was five and I went down the hill. And right, I, of, course, you know I mean? of course, of but course, of course, of course. I feel the same way. But some people yeah. are in their mind. They're like, no, I've never been no, through it. That's why. That's why I'm saying that because a lot of people convince themselves, right, that, that they <laughs> haven't been through anything. And it's like, but baby, you have. And that's the reason why you don't want to get on that bike anymore because of that one time when you fell when you was four. You know what I mean? Like you have in your yeah and the thing about it so i want to so like ah it's so much you can split it up Uh, you can split it up let's start with um uh, a small advice you have to somebody who's just being diagnosed um this is not the end of your life this is it's not like and i i want to say that when i first was diagnosed that's what i thought i thought that my life was over not just my life as i knew it but like my life was over I thought that I had to start begin to prepare for the worst like I told you I thought that I had what Superman died from like you know what I mean like not not doing my research and not thinking but this this is not the end this is not this is not the end and 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 so many aspects it's, it really can be something beautiful to like the beginning to something so beautiful for you because it does like create within us like this desire this desire to heal this desire to uh, advocate, you know what I mean? Let other people know, the, make them aware of what it is, what it's about, because it's now a part of you, um, but it's not the end of you, right? It's a piece of you, but it's just not mm. the end of you. And that's just like, that's like my stance is like, just because and it, it is a disability, right? And it is unpredictable. And currently they don't have a cure, but I think they're very close to one. Um, but just because you can accept those things, you can accept the unpredictability of it and all those things, but never to accept like defeat. Like this is this is it. You know what I mean? This is how it's gonna be from now on. Like I'm gonna be in the bed and I'm gonna be sad every single day. It's like, no, nah, that's a choice. You being sad every single day is kind of like a choice. And you can say, I have a chemical imbalance. I have a, you know what I mean? Like I have a chemical imbalance and that's the reason why I'm sad I did it. Baby, try some medicines, right? Like I need you to not give up because there's still so much more there's still so much more in you and it's not about and and it's not about even if you have to find something if i have to find something that means it is something that's already in existence like you have a voice you have a voice use it 
that's it. Like, just use it. Don't, don't allow for other people to take it. You know what I mean? Don't allow for other people to take your power. That's, that's like part of your experience is your power. And so don't give it away. What is either your favorite passage, your favorite poem, or your favorite affirmation that you tell yourself? Um, when going through a flare up or going through a hard day or a time where you feel like, I just don't know if I'm gonna make it. I mean, I know I am, but I don't know. I think um, one that I've always leaned on was, uh, why well, you know, in this brain right now, but one no, of you're the fine. is Jer in Jeremiah, what is Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans that I give to you, right? Plans to prosper you. Um, plans to, and not to harm you, but plans for you to have a good future, right? Uh, also, like, I love, like, and I believe in, like God said, I came so that you can have life in abundance, right? I, I believe in that, I believe, and I stand on that. Like, I will live my life, I will enjoy my life, and I will have it in abundance. Like, I'll have joy in abundance, you know what I mean? Like, I will have peace in abundance. I will have strength in abundance. So it's, it's just like, so those are something that I hold on to. Um, when I was in college and I was going through like this really bad depressive uh, season and I went to college in Iowa. So it was like always, I was always depressed because it was cold as hell. Um, but I got this tattoo on my wrist. And so it's like key words from the uh, serenity prayer. So I got like strength, wisdom, serenity, and courage. So God, please give me the strength to accept the things that I cannot change the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. And so, and I remember when I got that, somebody was like, you know, that's like an AA quote. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. This is my, this good. Is my whatever mantra. helps them, whatever helps them get yeah. through. <laughs> this is my mantra. Like, this is it. Like God, like give me the strength to it. Cause there's so much stuff that we don't have the ability to change, but there's so much more that we do. And so the things that I do have the ability to change, God, just give me the courage. Right. Give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me the peace of mind that this is a, even a battle sometimes that you want me to fight, like because you have to choose your battles, too. So obviously those are it. Well, honey, you have gave me a whole word for the day. <laughs> I don't even. I'm appreciative of it. And I want to ask you to um, say anything that's on your heart right now or anything that you feel that. Um, because this interview, I just actually, I'm going to be honest, I just sat back and I enjoyed listening to you speak um, eloquently, strong. Uh, I'm faith-based, so for your love for the Lord, just to um, sit back and listen to somebody uh, with encouraging words to know what they're talking about has been just an interview and a word, a whole word in itself. But is there something that you would like to say before I certify you on SIGV. That's my favorite part, but is there anything that you would like to say? And I also need you to, um, where people can look you up and get inspiration for you because your journey, your pictures are amazing. Her traveling pictures are amazing. She's amazing um, as a whole. Thank you for that. I I just, I mean, I, I love that you have created this platform um, and that, you know, you were the very first person to ever reach out to me 
uh, last year and be like, uh, let, let me interview you. And I, at that point, like, I'm like, bro, I'm yeah. just now like trying to understand. I didn't even know you had just got diagnosed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense. And I was like, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. 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 You were so, you were so understanding. And I appreciate that. Like, I appreciate oh even your follow up, even you coming back, you know what I mean? And being like, what yeah. about you? Know, like that, that's love to me. That's seeing me. Um, and I just, everybody like, this community like on instagram like i that's why i primarily go for this communities on instagram yes. and i would say like this community is really supportive um it makes you feel like you're not so isolated as you probably do you know what i mean like i know that a lot of people go through this being really hard on themselves even in the midst of others they're still really hard on themselves um but give yourself grace and by learning to give yourself grace, giving others that same grace, like life does become easier. Like the, the weight becomes lighter. I'm still learning this. Um, I'm still learning this. I'm still learning about forgiveness of others and forgiveness of myself and things of that nature and forgiveness of my body. Forgiveness of my body for having this disease, right? Like, cause what the hell are we doing here? Why are we attacking ourselves? Like, come on. But like, I've been fighting, right? I'm a fighter and I've been fighting for so long and it's okay to put down all of your armor. It's okay to put down all of your weapons and just be open, just be open. And everything that comes to you, have this belief that everything that comes to me is for me and it will work for me, like period. Like even if it feels or it seems like it's against you, it's still there for you. And it's not about what happened to you. You know what I mean? It's about for for what? For what? How can you use that, right? And I know a lot of times it's like people, we don't want to hear that because I, when I first got diagnosed, I didn't know I would hear nobody telling me to do no damn yoga. I did not want to hear nobody telling me how to eat, right? Like I didn't want to hear none of that. That was for them. That went for me, right? But I had my guards up and I had to understand that every piece of information in some kind of way, good or bad, I can use it. It's for me. Like I can utilize that in some kind of way. So just um, try to remain open. Try not to harden your hearts. Try not to harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts to yourself, to others. Try to remain open. Because I feel like this disease, this country, this world has the ability to do that. It makes us hard. And the more hard that you get, though, the more sick that you also are making yourself. So release all of that crap. And I'm telling you this, but I'm trying to do this to myself at the same time. But that would be that would be my final words. And I just I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for you having this platform, and I'm grateful for your 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 perseverance. I'm grateful for your persistence. I'm grateful for you even um, having something that you stand on, and stating that you know this this could destroy me. It could it could destroy me. Nah, I'm gonna push strength to power, like because it's not going to. I'm not going to allow it to. Like I'm gonna use this before it uses me. I'm you know what I mean. So. I thank you. I just, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. Ooh, um, you can catch her on Instagram at Rolling MS. Yeah, Roll, I'm sorry. Rolling. So yeah, you can catch her on Instagram at, at uh, Rolling MS. So Rolling, the full word, Rolling um, MS. Rolling with MS. Um, because that's what we do. You know, we keep it going. We keep it moving. We keep it pushing. We don't stop, you know? But it's it definitely the the uh the bio definitely bio name definitely um it definitely is you a reflection of you um ms j i was so honored to um to interview you are resilient you have been through things that 
might have been harder and were harder than MS and you seen the light at the end of the tunnel and you weren't scared to walk through it. You trusted your judgment. You have a voice. You are a mother. You are a spouse. You give the little knowledge that not little, you have lots of knowledge. You give the knowledge that you do have to empower and to educate others. Um, you are willing to be so newly diagnosed to fight for something and to stand to advocate for this disease that you just walked into and you do it with your held up your head held up high looking good and you are a child of God and you speak of God and his strength and knowing and uh the definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that fights for these unimaginable undeniable courageous battles that you never allow to break you or carry the spirit of brokenness and uh I might have messed up my own thing, but I was trying before I get into my emotions. Uh, I just want you to know, Miss J, I certified one sick B, certify you one sick B, and sick meaning dope. Definitely, definitely dope, Queen. Definitely dope. That is such an honor. Thank you, love. I appreciate that. And kings and queens, until next time, you can catch us on One Sick B podcast on all the streaming platforms. And thank you guys and have a great day. Life a couple times, but it's okay, you growing. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, and don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform When you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform And when you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war.